Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. <laughs> you like that? You like that? We're in a good place. I think we're in a really good place. Um, I'm really, really excited to play next to Ole. I think he's done an unbelievable job. I'm really proud of him for the strides he's made. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be really happy with Ole. And, you know, Garrett leads the show. Um, he's done an unbelievable job for us. Our communication's been on point. Ezra's only getting better, and Rashad has always been able to hold it down out there. So, um, I love our group. I love our coach. I love our assistant coach. We got a great room, and uh, this is the most excited I've been about an offensive line here. And I think um, hopefully we'll be able to see the results. But we got to go out and prove it, and we got to go out and prepare today in order to have success on Sunday. I think the $92 million might also have something to do with why Brian O'Neill is very excited. Football. That's what. Yeah. Uh, well, this is Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company for uh, adults over the age of 21. Mm-hmm. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. we got our executive producer, Declan Goff, who's also double dutying here as we record this episode at night while he's on uh, kid sitter duty. Do you even know that child, Declan? Yes, this is Arnie. <laughs> This is Arnie McEnroe, as I just uh, scared the crap out of him. He's a Bears <laughs> fan, unfortunately. His oh. mom and dad are Bears fans. Oh, no. But mom and dad aren't here. So I think there's still time to convert him over to this dark side of the of the family here. But I do feel like I'm living in a Twilight Zone episode. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the suburbs. I have a podcast studio set up. I'm holding a baby. Um, I don't know if this is like okay. a glimpse into my future. But Can we get out. him to do the skull chant? Arnie's tired. And here's the way I see it. His team might have a quarterback now, so why would he want to switch to the Vikings okay. now? That's a good Justin point, Fields. yeah. Like Justin Fields. I mean, this kid doesn't know the pain of Bears fans and quarterbacks. No. This kid has no idea about Sid Luckman being the last great Bears no. QB. This is, a, this is a boon to be born right now. This kid's got nothing but bright days of Bears football ahead of him. I don't know if i go that far I don't know uh, that with far the either. Chicago Bears, but uh, we'll see. I'm trying to be positive, okay? It's a youngster. So, Dex, are you gonna? gonna go do you have to go and do babysitter things, or what's and, your? And I will be back. That is okay. my goal. That is my goal. <laughs> Sounds Hopefully. good. I'll mute All the right. microphone, unlike Judd.
All right, okay. sounds good. Yeah. Bye, bye <laughs> right, Dex. So, uh, daily Vikings, daily Vikings entertainment, and uh, and also, hey, life advice, babysitting advice, relationship advice. You get it all here on Purple Daily. Thanks to those of you who are watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel on a TCL TV. TCL has an award-winning set of TVs. In fact, uh, I just got done watching Bachelor in Paradise on mine uh, a little earlier tonight. They're delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, uh, Judd, what are the contract details? Hot off the presses. The ink has barely dried. Brian O'Neill strikes it rich today. What's, what are the officials? What's, what are the guarantees here? What are we talking according about? To, according to my sources, Adam Schefter telling me, uh, his report is it's a five-year extension that's going to take him through 2026. So 2021 is the last year of his rookie contract. I think it's $2 million plus. That stays intact, it looks like. The five-year extension is worth $92.5 million. Now, here's the important thing. So 92.5 is impressive. I mean, it sounds great. The important thing is $49 million of that is guaranteed. So that's the real figure. Uh, he now becomes, Brian O'Neill becomes the second highest average salary among NFL right tackles behind only the Saints' Ryan Ramchick, Damn. who signed earlier this offseason, and he is at $18.5 million per season. So O'Neill passed the uh, Indianapolis Colts right tackle, and he is now second. And I have seen some, I've seen people questioning this on Twitter. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's a, absolutely a fair and fine contract this kid has stepped in second round pick in 2018 started 11 games as a rookie 15 games missed one game in 2019 and started all 16 last year and i mean we can quibble all we want but on an offensive line that has been probably rightfully criticized phil Mackey. oh yeah how often have we talked about oh brian o'neill didn't look good very rarely so he should have gotten paid and he did yeah. So, by the way, uh, I see this as well from uh, Sean Borman, Vikings writer. Brian O'Neill received a $20 million signing bonus, the most in Vikings history for a non-quarterback. Now, some of this, obviously, is the cap continues to go up, although right. it didn't last year. Right. Um, or it, it came down. It'll go back up. Mm -hmm. So I think my I agree. They had to do this. He's their best offensive lineman by a mile. He's in his prime. You need pillars on that offensive line. Um, remains to be seen if they have a long-term left tackle. Remains to be seen if they have a long-term center. I think those are the three biggest, most important pillars. I think my only question here would be, he has been pretty regularly graded the last two or three years as a good, not great right tackle by outlets like Pro Football Focus. The Vikings paid him great money at that position. Do you think O'Neal's camp knew the position the Vikings have been in with offensive linemen lately and said, listen, like these guys are desperate? I guess my I guess my question is how much of a desperation uh, contract is this for the Vikings who just don't have anyone other than O'Neal that they can trust for sure for the next five years along that offensive line? I don't know. I would call it desperation. I, I guess my question back to you would be when you drafted this guy in the second round, and we certainly have been critical of the Spielman picks that have not worked. Um, how would you have felt if he played this year out and it was a, a four-year contract because he's not a first-round pick, so there's no fifth-year option, and then walked. Because to me... You can't let that happen. Exactly. Yeah. So so it's fair. Um, and the other thing, too, is, Phil, I think... So So I think the whole thing, because, I, I mean, we, we've got friends at PFF, and they do great work, and these sites do a lot of good work and quantify things. 
Uh, but I think tackle play is easier to eye test than interior line play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and for two guys that watch all the Vikings games, uh, sometimes it's fun to watch them, sometimes it's not. Football. How many times have you come away from a game saying, Brian O'Neill was not really good? Like, like in 2019, yeah. Riley Reef was not good eye test-wise. Mm-hmm. In 2020, he picked it up. Um, I'm going to say this right now. I don't remember doing many purple dailies or Mackie and Judd's where we came back and we're like, Oh boy, the problem with the offensive line was the right tackle. Yeah. That's eye test. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you, I'll give you the analytics here. I'll give you, give you the numbers. How many sacks would you guess Brian O'Neill allowed last season? Uh, zero or one. I'm going to guess he didn't allow many. It was three. Okay. He allowed one in week one against green Bay, another one at Seattle. And then, Against Jacksonville in week 13, he allowed another one. Okay. Um, he only allowed 26 pressures all season. So about like once, maybe twice a game. The most he gave up in any game was three mm-hmm. a few times. Mm-hmm. And in about five or six of the games, he allowed zero pressures. So, you know, he's I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame at this point, but he's just a rock solid above average, really good right tackle. Um, like I, like I said, my only nitpick is that they paid him a, like he's one of the highest paid uh, right tackles now, the second highest paid average annual v- value in the NFL. Now that happens sometimes when we see it at quarterback, where whoever's next up as a free exactly. agent just becomes like the the highest exactly. paid quarterback. It's Matt Ryan, it's Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, right? <laughs> and so you're kind of seeing the same thing here. But yeah, and it's funny though that this comes literally like. An hour after Mike Zimmer went up to the podium today, and kind of I don't I couldn't tell if he was taking shots at Spielman or or like player contract specifically, but he said I am concerned about the depth on this team. It's hard when your finances are so top heavy, or, the, or so, however he phrased it. And then they go and do, they do it again with Brian O'Neill. But I got a question. They have for you. to. They have to. I got a question for you off, off that because that that uh, quote came out during. Purple Daily this morning when we taped it, or or yesterday now in this case, when we taped it. And my immediate response to you was, that seems like a sort of a another sideways shot at Spielman, but I gave it more thought. Is it a sideways shot at Spielman or a Kirk's contract again? I think he's always been down on Kirk's contracts, even, even before right, they signed but, it. But I guess my question is, is that comment just another layer on the already disintegrating to disintegrated relationship with the quarterback because i will i will say this um if we take the over the cap salaries and the cap situation for the vikings right now and for 2022 we take out kirk's contract all of this becomes much more doable right you're paying o'neill you're paying him him a lot but you're right he's going to get passed quickly like he's not going to be the second highest paid right tackle for an indefinite time period the dalvin cook contract i love dalvin cook fantastic player he's paid a lot though but all of a sudden, if Kirk's contract is gone, uh, and let's let's just say Kellen Mond works out, now that contract looks decent again. Justin Jefferson is obviously at some point in time here in the next few years going to get paid. I guess my point is, if you if you take out Kirk's contract, which I think it might come out for 2022, because I think it might be a situation where where you can't absorb that cap hit, and I don't know he's going to do you more favors. Um, now all of a sudden these contracts that we're talking about, which are sort of pinched by because of one huge contract become more palatable. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, you ha- like obviously you have to pay players once they come off their rookie contracts. I think you have to be careful not to just overpay players because you drafted them and now they're free agents and the Vikings had to make decisions on like Trey Wayne's when he was a free agent and they've had to make similar decisions. I'm in general, I'd rather overpay for offensive line than like Anthony Barr. I think the Vikings overpaid for Anthony Barr. I get why they did it because Mike Zimmer feels comfortable with Anthony Barr. Mike Zimmer vouched for them to draft Anthony Barr as what the number nine overall pick. Um, when I look at, I'm just looking at 2022 and some of the contracts here that the Vikings have on the books. So Kirk Cousins is the second highest paid player in the NFL going into next year. I don't love that contract. Mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter is one of the highest paid defensive players in the NFL. His cap hits $26 million. I'm okay. If that's an overpay, I'm okay with overpaying one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. You need that. Uh, Adam Thielen's the th- actually Brian O'Neill now becomes the third highest paid player on the team starting next year. And then Adam Thielen slots in at fourth. He's like the ninth highest paid wide receiver. It's mm-hmm. pretty fair. It's pretty fair. Uh, and then Eric Kendricks is the fifth highest paid player starting next year at thirteen and a half million dollars. Although Harrison Smith also slots in, doesn't he? It looks like it looks like they're giving him a thirteen and a half million dollar cap hit for next year. So he's also sort of tied sure. with Eric Kendricks. So. Harrison Smith, among the best at his position. Eric Kendricks, among the best at his position. Adam Thielen, probably not a top 10 receiver anymore, but like when he's healthy and he's on, he's super reliable. Mm-hmm. Brian O'Neill, top 10 at his position. Daniel Hunter, one of the best at his position. So it's tough to argue. With, like, these are the players the Vikings have decided, we have to pay these guys top dollar. Yep. And even if it's an overpay, we just feel like we have to have these guys on our team. And the only one I really take issue with, unless you want to throw Dalvin Cook in here because he's next. Dalvin Cook would be sixth or seventh on this list at twelve million. The one that I take the most issue with is Kirk, just based on how egregiously high he's being paid relative to where he would rank among the quarterbacks in the league. But long rambling point longer. For the most part, the Vikings have done a pretty good job at identifying the most important players in their prime and giving them money because you know you need to lean on those guys. And for 2022, if you found, and this is still an unknown and a potential long shot, but if you found a quarterback in Kellen Mond, now you, you've got three years left of team control of a cheap QB. If Kirk's gone, now you're saving a ton. And the other position at which if the draft pick works, you're going to have hit pay dirt is Christian Derisaw. Because mm-hmm. left tackles, if you think Brian O'Neill got paid, uh, the left tackle is going to get paid. But He's a first-round pick. so He's that's, not getting paid for five years. That's yeah. five years of control. And, I mean, you might reward him going in, into, you know, the fifth year. And But it, the point is, yes, if you can have team control of qual, of a quality quarterback and left tackle, now you can spread the cash around. I, I mean, that Kirk contract, and, again, this, this comes back to why we are still seeing, as the season approaches, marquee quarterbacks shove money off into the future because that's how when, when fans say the cap is fake the cap does not exist you know why it doesn't exist because you've got pat mahomes dak prescott go down the tom brady continually saying i'm okay with making the cap fake i want to get paid and i will get paid but i'll defer this i'll defer that and when the mm-hmm. vikings went to kirk and said that he said no this is not a rip on kirk i'm just t- talking about payroll uh but back to the to the Zimmer comment about the roster as well. And I think this is the, so I think this is the telling thing off what I just said as well about Mond and Darisaw, Phil. 
You know, when you look at the league now, salary cap, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it came down. The really important thing and where Rick missing is a bigger and bigger deal. The really important thing is your depth draft picks. Because if you think about it, if the Vikings, and I'm not saying that your, your draft picks have to be stars, you know, picks uh, from the fourth round through the seventh round do not have to be star players. But if those players can contribute and be trustworthy and give you something, now if a guy gets hurt, it's not Armageddon. And I think where, and I think we saw this, this is the one thing that is fair to take from the exhibition games. Because again, starters didn't play, and I'm not going to read a ton into um, into that. But what I will read into is we saw a lot of depth guys get opportunities to play and to make an impression. And for, the, for those guys, th- these games are extremely important. And they didn't look good. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Because, because we can say, well, a lot of teams, you know, don't have marquee players in, in roster positions 32 through 53. That's absolutely correct. But the better teams have reliable players. And if you're whiffing on draft picks, you can have 15 of them, you can have 11 of them, or you can have six of them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. So um, it's a... It's a big contract for Brian O'Neill, but the Vikings absolutely need just the next three to five years need to know that he's going to be uh, just a pillar along the offensive line. I will say to wrap up this part of the conversation, if they so they feel really good about Cleveland as a versatile, like he could probably play tackle if he needed to, too, but they feel really good about him as as a guard, either left or right. He's going to be a left guard this season. So if if he continues to play pretty well and they're right about him, and if they were right about Derisaw in the first round, whenever we get to finally see him on a football field, and then if they're right about Ole Udo and Brian O'Neill at the beginning of the show, you could hear him praising Ole Udo. If they're, and it's a big if, because you got to go three for three on those guys. But if you do go three for three on those guys, yep. those are all really cheap team control offensive linemen that make up 60% of your starters. Mm-hmm. Now, Bradbury's up in two years for a contract, and there's still a big question mark on his head, but... Yep. Um, but I, if you can sort of see it coming together that they might actually have some stability for the first time if they're right about Udo and Derisaw and yep. Kramer, I think it was Andrew Kramer in the Star Tribune had the note. Um, might have been Chad Graff. I don't know. Can't remember. Athletic Sorry, Star Tribune. Sorry, Trying to press, maybe. They do a great job. SI, uh, ESPN. <laughs> Bleacher Report? Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, the Vikings have used 17 different guards since 2015. So it's like, how, how yeah. are you supposed to do, how, how is your quarterback supposed to feel? This is where it all comes back to like, are you putting Kirk in the best spot, right? You know, how are you supposed to really have full offensive continuity and play at your peak? It's kind of a miracle that they wound up with like the fourth or fifth best yardage offense or whatever it was in the NFL last year. And they were knocking on the door of top 10 in points with just such a ridiculous rotating door of bad linemen, Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier. So get some stability. Brian O'Neill helps with that with this contract extension. I told you, the one thing I don't get is this. So Spielman gets hired after Fran Foley is fired and Childress is in charge of personnel, and Spielman is is basically his right-hand man. But Rick walks into an extended time period of watching Steve Hutchinson play left guard on the yeah. richest guard contract given out at that time. And I don't know why, but the Vikings have decided that guard is just a disposable position. And now it looks like they're addressing it a little bit more. But I don't know how you watch Hutch play for that long. And he was such a special player. And he was an SOB on the field. I loved him. But I don't understand how you watched him for that long and realized his value. And then and then we're like, oh, but we'll be fine there. 
Well, but so, but here's the thing, and this is what I think Eric Eager would would say this, and our guy Tyler Fornes from Climbing the Pocket, like the analytical, smart football sort of scouting minds in the media that we bring on this show, they would all say if you're paying like ten, fifteen plus million dollars for guards, you're either doing it wrong, or you just have a luxury like. Well, Pat Mahomes signed a 10-year contract, and we can just shove money down the road and lower his cap pit to seven and afford Joe Tooney while we're in a Super Bowl window. But it's not that guards are disposable, but they're a little bit more like running backs in that if you've got your tackles and your center and your quarterback's pretty good, you just as long as your guards aren't garbage, you're fine. It's less about having a Steve Hutchinson, all due respect, and it's more about just having someone who's not a train wreck. And the Vikings haven't even been able to clear that bar lately at those guard positions. They've had among the worst offensive linemen in the NFL playing starting right guard for them. There's and, a happy, and left guard sometimes, too. There's a happy medium between a guy like Hutch and having 17, though, since 2015. Like, that literally, that literally is taking out the trash. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. take this guy out, stick him on the corner, and go buy a new one. Yeah, well, I mean, think back like when when, when Brad Childress took over as head coach, Steve Hutchinson was the left guard, but like they didn't have a pro bowler at right guard. They had Anthony Herrera and uh, Artis Hicks and guys like that. Like, yep. But those guys were fine. Those guys weren't Hall of Famers. They were just not train wrecks, and but that's one, what the Vikings should be aiming for. But a one, but a center who's good and a one guard who who's good stabilizes things completely. In, in fact, I I would say this: Brian O'Neill's play probably deserves more credit because he has had a lot of bad right guards. Like there, yeah. that's one group. That's like, a great like, point. Like you move in sync there. That's not a, I'm my own guy. That's it. I need you. Um, and you know, you go back to last year and, and the reason why that in my opinion, the jury remains a little bit out on, on Cleveland is because yeah, he looked, uh, he stabilized things and looked solid at right guard last season but he replaced two guys, or at least one guy in Samia, who was an absolute colossal failure. And, and actually today, I think, was waived with an injury settlement. Yeah. Was- um, so, like, I, I'm not going to go out and say, well, Cleveland's fine until I, actually, until I see a prolonged period of success there. Because we were weighing them against the guy that for four games, I think, might have been the lowest rated offensive lineman in the league. Yeah. All positions. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh- so it's amazing. Um, so what we're going to do starting next week, and maybe we can just do a little little taste here, we're going to devote Thursday episodes of Purple Daily to the state of the Vikings offense. So last year, I think it was on Wednesdays, we did the state of Kirk Cousins. We're going to expand it and do an offensive-centric deep dive every single week. We're going to bring guests on on Thursdays oftentimes. Um, guys like Nate Tice will be joining the show from time to time. Tyler Fornis from Climbing the Pocket. Um, and others as well. And we're just going to devote Thursday episodes to the Vikings offense. So we don't have to do a super, super deep dive because I think we've covered all things that are, that need to be covered in the weeks leading up to this. I, th- I think we've said everything we need to say about uh, like the lead up to the Vikings Bengals game here. But what is your general thought on what this offense should be expected to do in 2021? They were 11th in points last year. And they were like fifth or something in yards. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are hoping that they can build off that and maybe even get better. So what is a what is a realistic expectation or bar for this Vikings offense this year? I think this I think it's um with the skill position players that they have 
and an offensive line that I'm just going to assume, I don't think it's fair to assume it's going to be a disaster from day, day one. And they actually have addressed it quite a bit. So I'm going to assume it can hold up. I'm not asking it to be great. I'm asking it to hold up. Uh, they should be in the top 10 in points. When you look at Justin Jefferson, when you look at Thielen, the loss of Irv Smith Jr. hurts a lot. But uh, you still got two receivers that are special. You've got Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, can very much be part of the passing game. I think... I'm not really worried about yards because yards is just sort of a old, I, yeah. old school stat. I'm worried about your points. Uh, this should be a team that is top 10 in points. But I'll say this. If I had a, a pecking order of things I'm curious to see, uh, Kirk is one just because he he's the, the quarterback and the quarterback's always going to be one on that list, in my opinion. But two is Clint Kubiak uh, and what he's allowed to do. So this might not even be all on Clint, but, you know, if Zim says we're going to run, 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 Clint's not going to say, no, we're not, Mike. So my expectation is to, to be top 10 at points. But starting on Sunday against the Bengals, I have a real interest in seeing what this team is allowed to do with its personnel. The personnel exists to be successful. That's not the question. Mm-hmm. The question is, are the gloves taken off? And is Kirk allowed to maximize what Kirk can do well? Because if there's any defense for Kirk, I do think there have been times where he's probably not how can I put this empowered? He's not empowered to do what he does well, which probably runs a little bit counter to what the coach wants. So I come to Kirk, I come to Zimmer and Kubiak because I do think the people playing on this offense give you a chance where you should be top 10 in uh, points scored. And, and conversely on defense, I think that you should be top 10 in points allowed as far as the good side. So if Derisaw comes back at some point, starting in like week four, week five, and he's passable at left tackle, like he's just not a disaster. And if Oli Udo is just better than Dakota Dozier, the offensive line should be better as a whole than it was last year. I know that I know I'm I'm assuming a lot there because Darius hasn't practiced all offseason, so I'm definitely like making a leap here. But offensive line should be better. As scary as it is, Jefferson might be better. Thielen is Thielen. I know you lost Irv Smith, so uh, but but again, Irv Smith wasn't a huge weapon for you last year when you finished just outside the top 10 in points. So I think where I want this offense to go is they averaged 27 points per game last year, 11th in the league, like we said. And, you know, I think everyone's praising it. Wow, look at that. You 27 points a game. The defense was a disaster. The offense had to come back time after time in the second half and get into these shootouts. Mm-hmm. You know, Round of applause for the 11th ranked. That's not too bad. 11th ranked offense. 11th ranked offense doesn't win you a Super Bowl. And that is the stated mission of this show day after day. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's a fair expectation to say, all right, cool. You guys have to be the number one offense in the league. You have to compete with Pat Mahomes and company. But the top scoring offenses in the NFL last year were the Packers, 32 points a game. The Bills, 31 points a game, tied with the Buccaneers, 31 points a game. The Chiefs were just just a tick under 30 points a game. So you might think, well, that's not that far off. The Vikings were 27. Well, that's a, that's a field goal and or up to five points less per game than the Packers, the Buccaneers, the, basically the, the Bills, the teams that were there in championship, uh, on championship Sunday about to get to the Super Bowl. That's a big, like, think about... You know, looking at a Vegas point spread, if somebody were to say, all right, so um, uh, 
it's going to go from a two-point spread to a seven-point spread or whatever because you're playing a more explosive offense. Like That's a big gap in the NFL. So I want them to flirt with those teams. I know that's a lot to put on this offense, but Kirk, he's in his prime. He is constantly showing up. I saw another one today on all of these, like, the only five quarterbacks to ever accomplish this in the history of the NFL type lists, right? All right, let's do it. Let's go from 11th to 5th in points per game. And let's not be afraid to set that expectation, all right? Not saying everyone needs to be fired if they don't. Uh, we can evaluate that in January or no. February. But I want I'm, 11th isn't good enough unless you have one of the top two or three defenses in the NFL if your goal is to really do damage in January. And and this is this might be tough, but what Clint is going to have to do as well is he's going to have to find ways to make Kirk successful. Um, and I'll, the prime e- example is what arguably to me, outside of the, the Billick, Denny Green, 98 high-powered, high-flying, original greatest show on turf Vikings. Um, the greatest season I think I've seen from an OC here is 2017 with Pat Shermer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had a huge role in taking Case Keenum, a career backup, and milking him, and he certainly does not have the talent that Kirk does, and milking him for everything he was worth. I mean, he got every last morsel of play-calling success and bootlegs and featured what Case did well. And and that was never concerned about, you know, what does Mike think we should do? I don't recall that ever being a story. It was always, what does Case do, do well? And that led to the conversations about, oh, he looks like targeting a little bit. He's rolling out. He's scrambling a little bit. He can do that. Now, Kirk can't do, do that, and I'm not asking him to. But I am saying Shermer deserves a ton of credit because, one, he made it look simple. And, two, he looked at his offensive quarterback and said, what works here, not what does Mike want to do. And he didn't. I'm not saying that he had some high-flying offensive show that Mike said, this is awful, this is an affront to football. But they did find a way to to make it work. And I think the most important thing is Kirk is your quarterback, whether you like him or not. He is your quarterback, and he is talented, and he has been statistically very damn good. So I think the question becomes, how do you couple his statistical um, qualities and quantities with success on a weekly basis, not being concerned about, well, he threw too much. If it gets screwed up, it gets screwed up. But if you sit back and say, we're going to run the ball all the time, that's not going to work. And the other, the other thing that we need to be a little bit cognizant of too, and I think it's a, a big deal because it fell apart with Stefan Diggs. Justin Jefferson's going into his second year and this kid is beyond talented. So if you go with the old, this is how we do things, Justin, he's going to be through year two and be like, really? Um, you need to feature him too. And, yep. and he's not, and I don't think it's fair in 2021 to say, you know, be a good soldier. You just do your job and we'll worry about our job. I think you look at a quarterback, Phil, that can throw the deep ball that has the arm talent. And I think he's a little bit afraid to at times, but that can't be the point. And you look at, a receiver who I think I really do believe talent wise might be a step up from Diggs. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not as far as established success, but I'm just saying pure raw talent. Jefferson might be more special than Diggs was. And so I think you look at that and say, how do we maximize that and get over what our fears of, of we didn't run enough. Jefferson was 18th in the NFL in targets last year, 41 targets fewer than Stefan Diggs had in Buffalo. 
And I think that needs to change. I think Justin Jefferson needs to be one of the five most targeted receivers in the NFL, at least one or two more targets per game. And again, it may not sound like much, but it could be the difference between a dud play and a chunk play that puts you into field goal range or something. Right. Like that. Uh, yeah, chunk we're play. talking chunk plays here on Purple Daily. Football. Tell right. me about nine rings. I'll tell you what, if you want to if you want to avoid chunking the golf ball, stop into PXG Minneapolis. It's a golfer's paradise. All right. These new Gen 4 clubs, they're going to help you stop chunking the ball. All right. These are some of the best clubs PXG has ever made. Some of the best clubs on the market. Uh, there's clubs for all different types of players. You can check them out again at PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Uh, cheers to you, Judd. I'm assuming you're drinking Surly on this fine evening no as we record this ta- episode. Furious? I have no idea what you're talking about. There's none near me, none at all. I kid, I kid. It's right here. Yes. I am talking about, and I am drinking, Phil. I don't know if you knew this or not. Minnesota's favorite IPA, oh, Surly. Yeah, the football good. weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, breaking news, it starts Thursday. It starts Thursday, the National Football League season, and basically for from Thursday on, you should be on your couch, and I want you to be sitting with a surly, a surly beer. Mine, Furious IPA, which is fantastic. Don't settle, Phil Mackey. Get surly. Love it. So, I don't know. We've been, we've been blabbing here for a half hour. I have a random Viking of the week teed up, and usually you go against Declan. Yep. I feel like... I almost feel like this is like one of those deals where, you know, like if the racer doesn't show up, if it's like a drag race and the other guy's car doesn't work, then like, usually, do you want me to? I, I mean, I, I, I'd like me. to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've me. won like five in a row. Throw and so, all right, let's go. The random Viking of the week here. Yeah. Um, actually, let me, I don't have the dramatic music because we have a different setup tonight because we're just, we're recording differently. So uh, I'm going to hit you with just an NFL bed here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Okay. Could go all the way. So uh, because it's just me versus you, and I'm the one that's You've got trying, to, trying to disguise this random Viking of the week. Right. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have 11 clues. Okay. If you get it within nine clues... Yeah. If you get it within nine clues, like by the ninth clue, yeah. then I will consider this an official win over Declan. Unless okay. he somehow slides back in here and gets, you know, you never know what's going to happen. He here. told us like, "I'll be back in five minutes." At yeah, dude, there's no chance. This is the first time he's probably ever. Well, I think no, I, I think, think he's, he's been around small children. This before. child before, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kid just high maintenance. Let's be honest about it. Let's call the spade a spade. It's ridiculous. All right, this former Viking mm-hmm. hails from Winton, California. Winton. Okay. Winton, California. Okay. This former Viking played eight seasons in the NFL. But not all with the Vikings, clearly. Okay. Yeah, you can ask me questions, and I can yep. decide if I want to answer yep. them. Yeah, I'm not at the point of asking yet, but when you say that he played eight seasons in the league, that clearly indicates to me only a portion of them are spent in Minnesota. Okay. This random Viking of the week played in a Super Bowl. Oh, but it's not going to be with the Vikings. It's very crafty because you're not going to give me something. From How do you the know 70s. it's not with the Vikings? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Was it with the Vikings? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Played in the Super Bowl. Okay. Question four. All right. This random Viking of the week 
was once regarded as one of the fastest players in the NFL. Hold on. I'll give you three incorrect guesses like usual, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did... That's four clues. You have five left. One of the fastest players in the NFL. Okay, this should be starting to ring a ring a bell. Um, is this a wide receiver? An offensive, an offensive player. Hmm. Do I want to answer that? I'll, 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 I'll answer. I'll answer it and say uh, it is an offensive player. So it's either a running back or a wide receiver. And, and we're going to count that as a clue. That's five. Okay, okay, okay. And it's five, so it's... So you have four more clues left. So this... Yep. No, no, no. I'm thinking out loud. Go ahead. Okay. This random Viking of the week was a third-round draft pick, not by the Vikings. Eight years. Didn't start with the Vikings. Won a Super Bowl somewhere else. This random Viking of the week... Spent his entire career in the same division, the NFC North. Oh, mm, 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 mm. hold on. <laughs> so he was drafted by either Green Bay. Although I'm trying to think of guys who came here from Green Bay. Detroit. This random Viking of wait, the week. Wait, wait, wait. So, but wait, wait, wait. So, to backtrack, you said he won a Super Bowl, but not in Minnesota. I said he played in the Super Bowl. Or played in the Super Bowl. So this, oh, well, just wait, give me two seconds here. So it has to be a Packer or a Bear. It well, my next clue a, will be helpful regardless. It can't be a so. Lion. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just, go ahead. All right, you have two more clues left. I know, that's why I'm taking this very seriously. And three guesses. I'm competing against myself. All right, this random Viking of the week loves alliteration. An offensive player, though. An, oh, offensive, man, an offensive player drafted <laughs> in the NFC North who played for the Packers or the Bears who loves alliteration. Oh, my God. Um, I'm trying to think of what my final clue should be to you here. Okay, I don't so know if I want to give it away or not. Alliteration. Um, this random Viking of the week made $23 million playing in the NFL. Okay. Most okay. of it on one contract. Okay. All right. You got three guesses. Right, right. Okay, so I'm going to start guessing. $23 million, though. And... <laughs> that's great. Because uh, I'm just... The, here's what throws me off. The speed factor... Mm-hmm. So like like uh, there's players that I have in my mind, but they weren't considered fast enough to be like considered the fastest player in the National Football League at one time. I'm gonna, in fact, I let me just see here, real okay. quick. I, there might be, I might give you a bonus clue here. Okay, okay. Um, it's possible I may have. I don't know if I overstated the speed of this player. This player's main asset was his speed. Bernard Berrien. There you go. Yep, Bernard Berrien. Bernard Berrien. That yeah, is he correct. Was fast, ninety-nine yard touchdown. So I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the official ding button here because you earned it with that one. Bernard Berrien. So the Bears. Yeah. 
Yeah, because his so he averaged like 20 yards per reception and was only a one-way deep threat. He scored the 99-yard touchdown Gosh. on Sunday or Monday night. And he played in the Super Bowl with the Bears in Miami, right? Yes. So they lost to yep. Colts, is that right? Yes, they did. Okay. Yep. All right. Bernard, Bernard Varian. I knew it had to be a, a Bear probably or a Packer, but there's no pa- there's a ton of guys from the Packers that played here. But I don't think any of them have been like speedsters, right? Like no, Greg Robert Jennings Ferguson, not. definitely not. Ferg, Ferg couldn't run by that time he got here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, none of those guys were outrunning anyone. Um, I'll tell you what, if uh, if you win $100,000 from the Minnesota Lottery, you don't have to worry about outrunning. You, people are going to run to you. Yeah, and, gonna I'm gonna like, run, and I'm going to get faster then because I'm going to run away from them. Yep. There's a $5 game that can win you up to $100,000, a $2 skull game that can win you $15,000. And great second chance prizes like Vikings tickets. Say I'm into Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. Uh, also, Moon Motorsports mm. has been around for 50 plus years in the state of Minnesota, in Monticello specifically, and they are all about exciting power sports and uh, fun rides like ATVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles. It's the most exciting and largest inventory selection in the region. Family owned and operated. Check them out at moonmotorsports.com here. We are counting down the days Football. and the hours. Until, oh, look who's back. Oh, there he is. Look, All right. look who's back. You got to tell them the bad news. You got to tell them the bad news, Phil. You just lost news. random Viking of the week. I, I made Judd fight for it. I said, Judd, if you can get it within nine clues, then you officially will rack up a who, win over that one. Who was the random Viking of the week? Bernard Berrien was the <sighs> random Viking of the week. So I believe Judd has now won six consecutive... That's because okay. I lost last night. Because Declan is Declan unable to calm baby. Oh, and now Declan's going to be drinking with the <laughs> yeah. child there. Hold on a second. I'm, oh. I'm going to call child services, Dex. Oh, no. Dex getting all, getting all liquored up. Yeah. Dex, like, darn. <laughs> darn. They're going to take me away. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Uh, the, I should mention, Marconi finalist, Purple Daily. That's right. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, executive producer and master babysitter, Declan Goff. We'll see you guys tomorrow. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.